Fix the World podcast with Sam and Katie. Welcome to Fix the World podcast with me, Katie Tracy, and my learned friend, Mr. Sam Avery. You all right, Sam? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm sound, you know. I'm tired. I'm tired because I went to a wedding, a a destination wedding in the UK at the weekend. And um, it rinsed me, to be honest with you. Well, I went to a wedding as well, so maybe we can compare and contrast our, our fortunes. I've just I've just realised I'm sat on the, the most creaky chair imaginable. I'm just I'm moving my butt cheeks from side to side. Oh. Maybe I should just stop doing that, and the, the the chair would stop creaking. But it's are you in the creaky rocking chair in the attic? I wish I was like some kind of like scary woman on a film. I don't know why I said woman then. That's quite misogynistic. <laughs> it's it always a scary a, woman. Tends to be a scary woman rather than a scary man <laughs> in a rocking chair. <laughs> uh, so it, I've just can I just tell you some random story I've just thought of about scary thing, which was going to watch a, a, a play called Ghost Stories, uh, which was a, an incredibly eerie production. Oh, I hear about that. They made it uh, into a film, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it, and this was about ten years ago. Me and my missus went to watch it, and there was this bit where there was like a rocking chair just moving up and down, and, and then there was this security guard looking round this like empty deserted warehouse and then he heard a voice which said daddy daddy and it was quite scary and then something moved on set which was obviously part of the you know production and then it was total silence everyone anticipating the next thing and then this really camp fella behind me just shouted that loud oh my god that thing just moved and the whole, <laughs> the whole theater just erupted in laughter <laughs> It was ruined. It was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I can't watch scary things. Maybe that's something we need to think about in the future. Definitely. Another another podcast because I am a shit bag with scary things. Yeah, I'm not good. I'm not good. It took me me three years to watch The Sixth Sense. I had to watch it in (laughs) increments. And I, I watched a bit and then I turned it off and got frightened. And it's not even a particularly scary film. It's just creepy. And in the end, I had to phone my mate and ask her how it ended before I'd watch the end. <laughs> so she, and that's the biggest part of it, how it ends. The end is the big bit. And someone told me the end before I saw the film. So I've just never watched the film because I just know the yeah. end. And I feel like I'm, I'm purposely not saying the end in case there is like yeah. 1% of our listeners who've not seen it or don't know the end. I don't but that's how it. bad I am. That's quite a vanilla, scary film. And I could not watch it on my own in one go. I had to like, Spreads it out over three years. Oh my god, <laughs> like a saga, <laughs> like a soap opera, One yeah, minute at a time. It's ridiculous. Um, we'll be talking about flying this this week, won't we? In a little bit, flying, um, yes. But let's let's compare and contrast our wedding stories then. So, so where was yours? What who was getting married, and, and how did the day go? Um, it was some friends I used to work with were getting married, and it was in um. Bridge North in Shropshire, and it was absolutely gorgeous. The the what um the groom's family own a big farm that's converted into like Airbnb kind of big guest houses where there's like twenty one one has a capacity of twenty and one has a capacity of fourteen. So we were in we were in the house with about eleven other people who we didn't know really, um, but we didn't really see them. It, like during the day or whatever and we were there for two nights um but the wedding itself was gorgeous it was proper like english traditional you know gorgeous little country churchyard 
and it and they had a big marquee and fireworks at the end and it oh. it, it blew most weddings out the water to be honest with you lovely and and then on the last episode we were talking about both of us were going to try and swerve off the aisle for a week how did that go for you <laughs> oh that absolutely did not happen <laughs> no we, we didn't um we fellas mate got him a load of wine um from a destination we don't know and uh, <laughs> so we basically got um about 35 bottles of red wine in our hallway oh, and i'm having to walk past on the regular and it, it was just too much of a temptation to turn <laughs> down hanging your coats on them and stuff you know like of a night and you go oh just have a cup of tea i was, like, I was just open a full bottle of wine and drink a chai <laughs> <laughs> I did that with beef and onion crisps when we first got a macro card when I was a kid. I got because if anyone's listening doesn't know what macro is, it's like it was like the precursor like Costco. Costco, wasn't it? And but you had to have a card, but it wasn't like Costco where you could just pay for the card. You had to know someone who owned a shop or something. Yeah, because the, the trade only. That was and, it. Uh, the only time we ever went is if there was a family wedding or a party, and someone <laughs> had borrowed someone's macro card to go and get loads of like. Massive packs of ham and things like that. Yeah, I thought you were going to say they had the reception in the, like, you know, in the, in the warehouse. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, I've but... got a funny story about the macro. My mum worked there um, just after I was born in the offices. And um, some of the girls there had like, I, I don't know what they, they, they found a box, like a box of chocolate bars. So they just opened it and started sharing them out. And my mum was going, no, no, I can't take any of that steel. And they were like, who just takes this only chocolate bars? They won't know. They won't know, sis. They don't search it. And we then they found out that somebody got searched. And my mum was like panicking because I think <laughs> she had like two chocolate bars in her bag. <laughs> she was like, it put me off stealing. <laughs> it put me off stealing. I had a life of crime. Was, like, she was the do. awful dodger. <laughs> yeah. That was like a road to Damascus moment, wasn't yeah. it? Where she saw the light. It, it was the gateway she... moment where she said no. By right, now, well, if, she's, if she'd have gone down that route, she could have been like a dead famous arm robber by now. For Michael Corleone, he had to lose his daughter in a, in a botched murder. But, you know, for your mum, it's just macro. Yeah. <laughs> macro. Someone <laughs> caught with some chalky bars in the bag. Yeah, well, my, oh. I, I had a wedding at the weekend. I was in Ireland. I was in there. Uh, just outside Belfast, it was, and it was it was boss. I was best man at my mate's wedding, so I had to write a speech and all that. So I was, we flew over on the Friday, and um, you tried some new material for the wedding guests. I was, I was trying. <laughs> do you know what? I was treating it like a like a gig. I was. I was thinking, well, I'll start off with a bit of stuff that are no works. Then if it's going well, I'll throw in a bit of new ideas. And I did actually have a couple of ideas. I thought if it's going really well, I could get away with that. But if it's going all right, I'll just I'll yeah. leave that bit. In fact, there was two bits that I, I'd written. That if thought, it's not going well, I'll just throw in a bit of blue for the dance. Bit of blue, end on a song. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe do a bit of juggling or something with some bread rolls. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, there was a couple of bits that were near the knuckle, but not, not too near the knuckle. But as I was doing it, I just I was looking around the room thinking, they don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear the word piss. So I just kept it ultra clean and it went dead. Oh, my God. Well. But what oh, was funny, nice. me, me mate was me mate was saying, like, me mate's Irish and his dad was, he said to his dad said to him, oh, Gary, uh, your friend Sammy's a comedian and uh, I've seen comedians before and a lot of them are very blue. Is he going to be blue? Because I saw a comedian once and all he was talking about is Cox. Cox this, Cox that. Is he going to be talking about Cox <laughs> at the wedding speech? He went, no. Oh, did, you have to, did you have to rewrite your speech? I had to, he had to rip it up and start <laughs> again, yeah. Oh, it's just 20 minutes of Cox I was going to talk about. 
save that for another day. <laughs> a different speech, a different event. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing about material. You, you don't get to use it, but you, you can never throw it out. You can always repurpose it and upcycle. Exactly. Upcycle. Yeah. But yeah, I had loads Upside, of That's all I do. Upcycle knob jokes. It's <laughs> a great name for a show, that. Upcycle yeah, knob. The Great British Knob Joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to describe myself as highbrow filth. That's what I like to call um, myself. But I, I mean... No one else believes that. Or that sounds like something a deluded person would say like, that they view. It's just a little... <laughs> I'm filthy, but I'm highbrow. What are you insinuating there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the gutter, but I, I hold me cup of tea. But I'm looking at the stars. Out, so. <laughs> yeah, so I had loads what, of ale. You were good then? It was great. I'd, I just had loads of ale. It was brilliant. So as soon as I yeah, got down, just be, loads of Guinness, loads of uh, whiskey, and then on the Saturday at the wedding, I mean, they, like they had a band on, but we were all out on this roof garden, and it was it was mad because like members of the family were just getting up and singing, and every single one of them was absolutely stunning as a singer. It's like I love that. everyone in Ireland in the cause. That's what it felt like. They're just they're all just greatly gifted, and then everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Sam, you get up and do a song." I was like, "No, <laughs> no." I will take this. Yeah, but it's like a proper like a traditional thing, isn't it? I remember yeah. when we were all kids. Um, I mean, Nan would make us all like do a little turn on a Sunday afternoon. Are you still there? Oh yeah, sorry. And I was—I thought you were going to break into song. <laughs> no. <laughs> like yeah. what in the la- in the living Warm room? No, like that. That was like things that we did. But in 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 like those traditional Irish families, I love that, and they have all yeah. like songs that they all know, and they've all like the Nan's song and the granddad's song. It's just lovely. Oh, it's great. And then on the Sunday, I, I mean, I got off on the Sunday. I, I came home and, uh, but I'm in this WhatsApp group with like loads of me mates who, who are still there. And, uh, you know, this is going on for days. There's like, we're recording this on a Monday. There's going to be, there's going to be stuff on the Monday, stuff on the Tuesday. I think Wednesday is the last day where the yeah. actual events going on. Well, my wedding, uh, we could have stayed last night and come home today. And they were all going to like play golf in the golf course over the road. And, but we were just like, <sighs> We're, too, we're tired and we're, we're not golfers. So we just ended up getting straight on the ale again and we just wanted to get in. Um, but yeah, I like seeing everyone dressed up. I do. but I, And I also like burning brightly, but for a short period and then just... Yeah, go out on a high. Yeah, rather than, you know, like drag it out. I don't mean drag it out because that sounds like <laughs> quite negative. We, we, we should fix weddings one day. I think that's a good idea. I'm sure we could do a lot of uh, help slash damage to, to weddings, but it'll be fun. But what are we fixing today, Kate? We are fixing flying. Because that's what we do on this show, innit? Every week we fix a different subject. Fix a different subject. But like, I'm talking, we're talking flying planes. We're not like talking flying objects. No, that's like the, birds that's like... or animals. Planes. We're fixing flying planes. Planes, yeah, yeah. Are you a good flyer? Um, I don't enjoy flying, but I will fly. Yeah. How about you? The flying's all right. It's the landing I don't like. The taking off I quite like, but it's the landing I get nervous with. Just when you start to... It's when the, the plane engine starts making all these funny noises, which I know it needs to make to, to be able to land. But then I start, you know, as someone with zero experience in, uh, you know, airplanes or engineering i just hear this noise and go oh yeah that's it now we're all gonna die just internally like, i just no I'm, I'm not scared of that because i'm quite fatalistic so i just think 
I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Doesn't I could be choking on a Maltese or it could be plummeting out of the sky in a silver plane. It wouldn't matter because your time's up, your time's up. So I never feel like scared I'm going to die on a plane. I just don't enjoy the experience of being at close proximity with people I don't know. Yeah, it is quite close, isn't it? It is quite yeah. like when, when the person with the seat in front is just like, you know, fucking about and moving it back and all the person behind mm. just kicking it and stuff and... Yeah, yeah, it's all it all gets a bit and the toilet as well is really tiny, isn't it? Oh, and they stink. Yeah. But when I was young, flying was dead glamorous and it was you got a meal, even if you're on a two-hour flight to Spain, you got a meal. And it, everyone was it was just really high-end. And I'm not saying that that's like high I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But now when you fly, it's just like taking a bush, which is good because it's just gets you from A to B. Well, flying was very different when it before the, the the budget flying era, like before the EasyJet mm. and Ryanair and all that. Because now they've just extended that that policy to like longer term flights. But what like before that, you're right, it was like a real big thing, wasn't it? I remember flying to Australia when I was sixteen, and my mum and dad had saved up for for like about ten years for this holiday because my auntie lived out there. Was yeah, and my cousins, and we were just all saving up our money and. We got on this flight and it was like 23 hours or something. And we had to stop a couple of times. And the you didn't have even had tellies in the seat behind in front of you. You just had like three tellies that you know all had to look at and yeah. film on. And it was Oliver. I think they put it on like three times. And oh, but I remember God. before we flew, like family members were coming to see us. You had, we hadn't seen for three years. Saying, Oh, we've got to see you before you go to Australia. And we're like, we're come, we're not moving. Well, like you were never gonna come back. Yeah, we're coming back in like three and a half weeks and I've not seen you for two years. So this just I'll see you after we get back. But people people thought it was like such a big deal to do this. But then people flight. I think that that's what's different now. You go you, you when I was little, if you went on holiday, all the family come to the airport. Like, <laughs> and they'd all come and meet you when you came home. It was like a big thing. But yeah. now it's just like it's just like going down scenes, breeze and back. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> No, where was my welcome party when I got back to <laughs> Liverpool John Lennon Airport? I had to wait 25 minutes for a noob, for God's sake, in the sun oh. with me bald head. You know, Ben. Was that, was that yesterday? That was yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So just hungover, badly hungover. Like, flying hungover is not good, is it? No, oh, no, it's really bad. It's really bad. And my son, we came, we went to Barcelona one year for, as a Christmas present instead of buying presents. And my son and my brother, who were similar age, they, they they went to the match and we just went to a bar because we we'd been to a, like a Spanish match years ago. Um, so we just went to a bar while they were in the match. And so they thought because they were still quite young, I think they were like sixteen and seventeen. So we were just like let them like go and do whatever. And that night it was so funny. There was a um, a nightclub opposite where we were staying. And it was called, was it called? It's called Baghdad. And um, mm. so Sam, my son, and Harry, my brother, were like, we'd, we'd, we'd had something to eat and drink, and that we were all quite late. And they were like, it's our last night. Can we go to Baghdad? <laughs> we were like, um, <laughs> yeah, okay, but only go there and come straight back. And they stayed out till about half past five in the morning. And then we were at Barcelona airport, and Sam was just a shivering wreck. <laughs> and we got on the plane to come home. And this woman was sat behind him and she was like, you could tell she was fuming because he was vomiting in a bag before he would even taken off. The <laughs> t-shirt was drenched. It was just so bad. And I felt so oh. sorry for him, but I was also laughing me off. 
<laughs> and he's just done a tour of Baghdad. What do you expect? He's going to have PTSD, isn't he? What do you expect if he goes to a, a club called Baghdad? I know. It was so funny. Zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've been hungover on several flights and uh, almost got the wrong flight once. In fact, I, I remember getting... This wasn't the wrong flight, but I got off a flight and I was so hungover. I was going to Ibiza and I went out the night before in Liverpool. Jumped on this flight to Ibiza. Just didn't really know where I was. I was bladdered when I got on the flight. And then got off, uh, got on a bus, was trying to get to San Antonio, but got off at Ibiza Town. I was walking around looking for this bar that my mate worked in. <laughs> were you like was. that lad of the Inbetweeners film when they go I was on like him, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was like 2002, I think it was. We didn't have a phone. I had a phone, but not a smartphone. I didn't have a map or not. And I was just walking around going, hey, where's Henry's bar? I'm looking for Henry's bar. <laughs> I think it might be up there. And I walked around for about three hours. And then I said, I said to someone, like, this is San Antonio, isn't it? And he went, no, it's Ibiza town. I was like, I was like an hour away. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> I've been walking around the wrong town, like a knobhead. But yeah, I, I, I got on a flight once and like, do you get up and move? Like, you, you know, the, this is like the new thing in it, like the last 20 years about deep vein thrombosis and like, you've got you to gotta move or get the right socks on or you've got to keep your kind of... Yeah, like, moving. I... <sighs> I feel like a knob doing that, but I know you've got to. But I feel like it's attention seeking. Like if you're on a, there's people on a two hour flight from Spain and they just stand in the aisle as soon as the seatbelt goes off chatting to like, and it's always older fellas. Mm. It's always like fellas who are like pensioners, those kinds of guys. And they'll Do you know why? And, like, and they'll you know lean on, on the chairs. Yeah, I know. People they don't know and just chat away. And then they come down with the trolley and these stupid old bastards don't even think to go back to the seats. And that winds me up. But I went to Australia and it, I was like, oh, I need to move about. And I was getting up and I was walking up and down the aisle and that. And I, was, I, felt like, I felt like stupid. I felt like everyone was looking at me going, well, what's their game? <laughs> I just felt self-conscious. You should own a girl. And then when I got by the toilets and I started doing like some uh, lunge, I did some lunges. <laughs> I was doing lunges on the plane. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, everybody can see me walking around. So, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm just going to do a quick hit session outside the toilets <laughs> if anyone wants to join in. A quick, a quick aerobic session. Yeah. That'd be great if, if planes were more like boats, wouldn't it? And they had like, you know, decks with like entertainment on and you could just mooch around yeah. and. Like some of the posh ones in the in the first class, they have, they'll have like a bar you can't stand at. Some of them will do the, they'll have like a little round bar and you can like lean on the bar and stuff. And yeah, I, I love that. that. That's my idea of like I like luxury. Yeah, I, I will. Think... I will tolerate a budget airline to get me from A to B. And also, it is only all I can afford, so it's not like I'll tolerate it. I can only afford it. <laughs> it's it's the reality you're living in. You can't have mm. the other one. But if you had the other one, because that's always been my like idea, one day just once in my life to get a first class flight. But if I did, I couldn't go back to normal because I've done that on the trains. I sort of moved up to like, you know, when they have like oh, that, it's, we can't. It's amazing going first class on the train. Oh, I love it. I don't want to get off. And and when no. they say, oh, we're delayed, I'm like, good. Because this is nicer yeah. than my house. Like, well, leave... me, me, my son's girlfriend is a cabin crew for British Airways. So. She before the pandemic, she she was allowed to take have a family and friends thing where she could take people. So she took him to like um, Cape Town and LA, and 
every time he's been away with it, he's got upgraded to either first class or business class. Oh. I know. And he yeah. can only and he come home and he was like, yeah, look at this. With his little bag with all Elemis toiletries in. He had a menu. And on the menu, and he said, I couldn't believe it. They served food on like proper plates. It was like a proper oven oh. meaty on the plane. And oh. he said, I got on the plane. In a drink slug, they were like, Do you want a glass of champagne, sir? He went, Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, oh my God. How can you go back to normal seats after that? You just can't. No. I remember on the train, like the, the first, I was on first class. Listen, I'm not a first class individual, but I know to spot the bargain. So I'll get like a, an advanced first class train ticket. Oh, or, yeah, if you can get it in advance, it's worth yeah. it. And then I'll get it and I'll think, well, if I'm, if I'm productive, I mean, never am. I just watch the telly or just have a sleep or whatever. But I think I lie to myself going, even if it's an extra 20 quid, if I'm productive and I get 20 quid's worth of work done that I can then make 20 quid back with, it's, you know, it's an investment. So I'm sat yeah. in the first class and the toilets were full. So I went in, I had to walk back into the standard section, which is where I belong. But I walked back oh. into the standard section with all the normal people. And it was fucking <laughs> with all the it was horrible, you know. And I couldn't wait to get back to my little ivory tower at the front. <laughs> and how, <laughs> how quickly does one become a snob? And uh, we got we got upgrade. I was going to Edinburgh. Um, I was going to see um, our friend Haley Ellis when she was at the yeah. festival. And so I got the, the train after work, and the train leaving Lime Street was late, so I missed my connection. Uh, um, I think it was Wigan we changed up. So me and these two other ladies had missed our connection. And um, they were like, oh, really sorry about that. I'll tell you what, when the next train comes along, we're just going to put you in first class. So we went in first class from Wigan to Edinburgh. Well, by the end of the, we, this, this girl who worked in the train, she was just like, you ought to have some more wine. Do you want some of this? Just, just like we would off our cakes, trolleys, <laughs> doing each other's makeup and hair and nails. I'm plugging in my straighteners, doing the hair for them. By the end of the train journey, we were just blasted going, oh, like, we'll have to meet up again. This was brilliant. And then as I was getting off, the girl who on the first class gave me another bottle of wine. I went, yeah, you may as well have that take away, yeah? Oh, that's amazing. We give it away for nothing. So then I got to this venue where Hayley was performing. And she she just, I just missed it because I was late. And we just went in the toilet and drank this bottle of wine between us. (laughs) Well, we couldn't make up again. What a day. Uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, I had more fun on that train than um, I had in Edinburgh. I think that's how the sugar babes met as well, wasn't it? They all got upgraded one day and just got shit-faced on a train from Wigan and started a <laughs> band. That's how all good bands start. That's the thing yeah. with first class. If I got a first class flight ever, I would, that would outweigh the holiday for me. Like uh, people would say, oh, how was the, the trip to, you know, Manhattan with, you know, where you proposed or whatever, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me tell you about the real plates we got on the way home. They were amazing. Yeah. My friends went out with the lads who for American Airlines and they went to Miami. So because he worked for American Airlines, they got upgraded. And she says, we were in first class. And she says, we looked across and I went, oh, my God, don't look now. Dave was Ambrose in the next row of seats alongside us. And she said, I was just like, I kept looking over because I was just like mesmerised because I love him. And she says, and then there was like a choice of films you could watch. And she says, she's going to fella A. Look at this choice of films. You, watch, you can watch which one do you reckon he's going to pick. And he was like, oh, I think he'll pick Diaz. And he went, no. She went, no, King Kong's on the list. I bet he picks King Kong. And she, they were both like watching him, waiting for him to pick a film. And he picked King Kong. She's like, ah, see, I knew he'd pick King Kong because like nature. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to see how realistic it is. 
or, or do his own do his own like commentary uh, over it. Catch up relation. with some old friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I remember him from fifty four. <laughs> yeah. I remember him when he was only twenty foot tall. <laughs> he was just a little babby. Did you ever go into the cockpit when you were a kid on the plane? Because I remember doing that, and I don't think post nine eleven they let you do that anymore. No, you have to have a special key now to get in the cockpit. Yeah, but I would. I, you know why I, I wanted to because the film airplane. Yeah. Because I was like, it seems like a cool thing to do, and like Rob and my son's girlfriend, she's been allowed in the cockpit when they've gone into to land in Vegas. Do so you know where all the lights are on? Oh yeah. She says it was amazing. That would be good. You I... can just sitting there in your normal seat. You don't get a sense of how fast you're going. But you no, would you're in the cockpit, wouldn't you? You well, I think it's if you can see the ground a little bit, that's when you start to realize yeah. how fast you're going, because otherwise clouds are just kind of floating past, aren't they? They're just kind of hanging there. But yeah. I, I went in the cockpit when I was a kid and I loved it. I had a great time. But like I was I was little, I was kid. Yeah, gosh, I, oh, you God, you were privileged, mate. Uh, only for like 20 minutes. Uh, it was about 20 minutes. I remember like on the way to Crete, I think, when I was about 10. And, God, uh, I went to Alton Towers in the boot of my uncle's Ford Princess once. <laughs> <laughs> you in <laughs> Yeah, sitting in the cockpit. Like, the uh, cockpit? you know, Lord Muck. Like Lord Fauntleroy. Yeah. And uh, I just remember thinking it was it was boss like and thinking I can't wait to do this again loads in the future and I've never done it again since because they just don't let you. No, they don't let you now because it's considered as a threat for the grown yeah. man to be like, excuse me, <laughs> can I go in the cockpit, please? Just want to see if everything's in working order. You're like, I'm sit qu- down and eat your half tub of Pringles, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite clumsy as well, so I might just trip <laughs> and bit of turbulence before you know it. You're flying into a building or something. <laughs> that's when 9-11 happened it was all an accident airport uh, food shit now Air- airline food shit now isn't it well you have to pay for a lot of it I mean I, I flew easy no. on the way back and I was there was no meal because I was I was in the air for like 20 minutes uh, on the way back from Belfast in fact when, when I flew to the Isle of Man once we took off and I thought I'm going to get a coffee and it's about a seven minute flight from Liverpool <laughs> so we took off <laughs> we just about you know, finished the takeoff maneuver and he came around with the trolley and I, I bought a latte for like three pound forty and then I, I'm, I'm sipping it a couple of times and went right we're about to land please put away all hot drinks I was like ah oh, fucking hell I just bought this yeah, I can't drink this yeah and That's the woman actually one. said oh don't just ignore him just have it so I just I just held on to my coffee like a red. I went to Dublin years ago when Ryanair first started like flying and it was I think it was the plane was like a 12 seater and it was I've never felt so sick in my life it was horrible um, but this poor bitch is going up and down the aisle trying to serve tea out of the teapot into cups and oh, it was a 25 oh. minute flight and I was like we're literally still ascending and she's trying to pour boiling hot tea into a cup and I'm like I, I, I mean this is, doesn't seem necessary I can wait half an hour for a cup of tea it sounds like a, a task on like the crystal maze though <laughs> like on a moving platform trying to pour <gasps> well like water. the panzai <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to love that bonsai. I used to love that. I flew to Spain uh, with my wife, and this is about seven years ago. And it's it's an early flight, and there's a woman on the plane who's been bevying, and she, she's dead loud. And she's doing everyone's head in, and everyone's just trying to get their head down. She's gobbing off, gobbing off, and and the staff are getting annoyed with her. And then she fell asleep, and then the woman's coming out with like coffee and tea for everyone, and she must have dropped something, and it was definitely an accident, but. This like hot water went on this woman, 
And uh, and you could see people sniggering. She was she was really annoyed because she was sort of half asleep and she you know she'd been burned. I mean it was <laughs> it wasn't good, but she was so annoying. People were like smugly exchanging little glances. Yeah, yeah, you deserve that. Yeah, that's karma. That. What's the worst flight you've ever been on? Was it that? Um, no, I think it was probably um, like coming back from Australia with a hangover that seemed to last for the whole flight. Uh, not really getting up enough and then my arse going numb and not, not, not having any sensation in my bum for like a good three weeks afterwards. That was a yeah. weird experience. How was your holiday? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good, but Jesus Christ, look at the way I'm walking. Yeah, I've lost all oh, no. sensation in me bum. Oh, so you had a good time, yeah? you? <laughs> I think it was coming in from Australia. <laughs> I think it was coming in from Australia, the last leg of it, from from because we changed in Hong Kong. So it was from Hong Kong to Liverpool, to Manchester. And I just could not. I can't sleep on planes. Mm. I wish I was one of them people who could sleep. I can't. So I was awake the whole entire time. And everybody oh. around me was absolutely conked out to sleep and I was just fuming at them for like having the audacity to fall asleep in front of me when I couldn't I would have started singing <laughs> yeah, yeah started, I started doing star jumps dead loudly that's the time to do your lunges isn't it get up <laughs> and lunge loudly <laughs> what, do you, what do you love about flying I love the fact that your phone doesn't work or you're supposed to have your phone off because it means I don't mess about on pointless websites like Twitter and I just, I take a bit of time to either just... You just, you stay in the moment. Stay in the moment, either listen to music or watch a film or read or just have a little kip or, you know... Tell the kids to stop fighting. Tell the kids, it's all the the things I can't do normally because I'm looking at my phone. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Um, I just love that it, I see it as a means to an end because if I flew first class, I'd love it more. If I had my own private jet, I'd fly all the time. But I really love just that it gets me to nice places. Yeah. You know what I, I really hate about it? And it's not even actually the flying. It's all like the fucking legwork you'd have to put in before you actually step foot on the plane. It's like, cue to check in, cue to this, cue to go and do security. And then I'm just like, by then, I'm like, oh, you know what? Can't be asking what I'm going to say now. I've <laughs> yeah. been in this airport for an hour. I haven't got a drink. I'm queued up behind someone who's overpacked the case. So now I'm watching them unpack, put all the clothes on over their own clothes and repack the case <laughs> because they haven't planned ahead enough. And I'm still here going, I just want an overpriced lager in the airport bar. Please, thank you. <laughs> with no shoes on and your kecks are falling down because you haven't got your properly. Because yeah. you from it. So on this show, we normally try and fix stuff and we try and think of remedies to make things better. But let me rephrase that question slightly for this. How would you fix flying for you? I would have, um, uh, I would, I'd, I'd be rich. <laughs> and I would have a fixer who could basically just drive me from my house in a private car straight to the steps of the plane. Oh, yeah. That would make the experience far more enjoyable. Having your own plane, that must be the moment where you just think, you know, people talk about having, what does it mean to make it, have a made it? Surely having your own plane, that must be a moment when you think, yeah, I'm doing all right here. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you would. But my me, me friend's nephew's a jockey. Um, 
and he, he's, he's quite a good jockey actually and sometimes if he needs to be at certain places instead of driving him and some of the other jockeys will just like club together and hire a plane and a pilot to take them from A to wow. B and I'm like that's a lifestyle I'll never know well you never know maybe you know when, when we do some Fix the World live shows we could be jetting around we'd probably be like the Oval Right, the right, the right brothers with me. <laughs> like, you know, this like grainy footage of me and you jumping off a building yeah. with like cardboard boxes and such. No, and also a private plane, you wouldn't have to sit with strangers at close, you wouldn't have to listen to them or like have to make small talk with them. Or, oh, I just I, can't. I watched them as they did that over whether to have a vodka or a gin or, oh god, what, what sandwiches have you got? Shut up, it's a two hour flight, have a sandwich when you get there. Yeah, ejector seats. That's but that'll be my fix. Oh God, yeah. Little ejector seats that you, but you gotta have the passcode to do it, and someone's gotta really annoy you. But like that woman who got burns, she would have gone before the burn because yeah. everyone was annoyed with there. Like even if, like almost like a voting system. If enough people on the plane press this button, that's your seat button. Like you just get ejected into space. Yeah. Well, now the um, the Ibiza flight on a Friday from Liverpool. They don't say avail. Oh, really? You don't save any alcohol. Because there's too many assholes. I got a flight to the, the Algarve, and these this group of lads gone on stag group, and as um, soon as we took off, this lad just pulled out a bottle of Bacardi he bought in, in there, duty-free, and I kind of and started, like, pouring himself drinks. And by the time, I think we nearly had to make an emergency landing because he was being such a knobhead. <laughs> in the end, one of the cabin crew just went over and went... Right, go asleep now, because if we have to make an emergency land and you'll get arrested, and, and he was just really aggressive towards him, and the lads was like, ah, yeah. chill, man. He'd been an absolute knobhead now. Like, he was just like, God, why, why are you being so aggravated? It's like, oh. oh. People, but, yeah. people. And to press the ejector seat for him. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't use it willy-nilly, but the same people that would be, I think, would benefit from just flying it out of a plane into yeah. the atmosphere. And also man spreading. I, 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 I wouldn't allow it on any plane. I can't bear it if you're sat next to a man on a plane and they have to sit with the... Is it because of your balls? Is that why they sit with the yeah. legs? Yeah, that's why <laughs> these old men that you were talking about get up and stand because otherwise the nuts just stick to the side of the legs. No, but you're thinking, like, you're not even wearing... You're not. You're too old to wear skinny jeans, so you're wearing like <laughs> at least comfort or easy fit jeans. <laughs> so there's got to be space for your balls. Stop spreading your legs so wide. Yeah, it's it's hard. A lot of men don't realise they're doing it. I've become more aware of it now because I know it does people's absolute tits in. But it's, I, uh, I, get on, if I got on the train once and this man was probably man-spreading and there's a seat next to him, but it was on the inside by the window. And I went, can I sit there? And he went, and instead of moving up, he moves slightly to the side. So I got in on the inside seat and his legs were still wide open. And I went, Dead loud because it was just a Monday and we had a cob on. I went, Do you mind not manspreading so I can have some space, please? And everyone <laughs> just looks at me and he just like looks at me for you and he sort of like turns his back. You know, like when you get a hook with someone and you turn your back on yeah. them, and that's what he did. And I was like, Good. Dickhead. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> so do you, th- do you think we're fixed flying at all? I think we've done, come up with a couple of little solutions there. I think we've come up with some solutions. Yeah. I think. The only way, really, you can fix flying is by having loads of money. That would help. So that you can make it a more luxurious experience. Yeah, because otherwise you are just like cattle. 
You want the journey because that's what life's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Also, just that quick, it's also fixed. Um, my ears always popped up bad, and um, to the point where one time I just thought, as, as we were descending, I just got a nosebleed, like dead bad because oh. the pressure. And I thought, oh my god, this is it! I'm dying of a brain hemorrhage. And then we landed, and I was like, okay, God, I, 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 I the transfer is not far. <laughs> totally recovered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. Hard. I used to like suck sweets and stuff, but I would just have have a bevy or something. I know, but, but I'm like easy, yeah. so I, I plan ahead and go. Oh, I'll buy sweets to suck on the plane for landing and take off, and I've eaten them all before I take off. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh shit, I've eaten all me 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 emergency sweets. What am I gonna do now? Yeah, your ears weren't popping on the in the the Uber on the way to the airport, were they? Yeah. There we go. You st- but you still let your heart, your wine comes. <laughs> and then, so then that's when you do have to make small talk with the stranger next year because on the basis that they might have some spare sweets. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe these things bring people together in a strange way. You know, know what my fix flying for other people? If I never flew again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you are the problem. I'm maybe just a naughty bitch. Maybe other people like have people. been fine. <laughs> You're the one. Oh, there she is. She's on our flight again. That woman. Guess she rejected seats, everyone. Who's that woman who acts like she hates us and then talks to us so she can get our sweets off us? Well, let us know if you're listening. Let us know if you're because I think a lot more a lot more people will be in agreement with you than than otherwise. But let us know mm. if if you would like to fly with Kate or if she would get on your nerves if she was on the plane with her. <laughs> But uh, if you've got any suggestions of other things you would like us to fix, then just get in touch because we're always looking for suggestions, aren't we, Kate? Yeah, we've got a suggestion. Uh, Are we going to do it next week? The one from my best mate in uh, Melbourne, Joanne Nelson. Shout out. That's what we're going to do next week, isn't it? She sent us a message on Instagram. She said, please, God, fix splitting the bill, especially with tight asses. So what we're going to do is we're going to do one about, yeah, well, we call them minge bags in Liverpool, don't we? Yeah, and like people, and like minge for most people means fanny. So you call someone a minge bag, which means they're a tight ass or a stingy person. A lot of people not from Liverpool go minge a fanny bag. What? What does yeah. that even? Not like a fanny pack, and it's not. <laughs> or it's also not a bag made out of fannies or a bag that looks like a fanny. But I think to help yeah. us fix the fix what it means to be a minge bag. We want you to tell us when experiences when someone's been that bad that you've been fuming about it. Why? Yeah. Why would they? What did they do that was that made them seem dead tight? And how can we fix it? Yeah, when someone's been so tight fisted, or and it, probably with money, but it could be with it doesn't have to be money. It could be something else. It could be with mm. with with love or emotion, but probably money's a good one where someone's just been an absolute tight ass mm. tell us about that and we will try and fix this next week can i just tell you <laughs> it's unrelated to fixing planes but it's a really funny story and it happened just before we started our podcast oh if anyone's wondering we're doing it by zoom because logistics yeah um, that's all reasons we'll because we'll, reasons yeah but we will be back in our little um place <laughs> our little black studio but anyway, so so before I started, before I logged on to this this Zoom, um, I was upstairs and Mick me fella shouted up and went, "Have you seen the the remote control for the front room?" And I went, "Um, no." 
and he went to confines and I went okay and then I just got on about went about my business but then I come back downstairs about 10 minutes later and I went did you find the remote control and he went no and I went <laughs> I went did you look under the cushions and he went yeah and then I walked into the room and the seat cushions were just on the floor <laughs> the both couches I just left it and I went so then I looked under the couch and lo and behold, the remote control was there. So I went, here's the buttons. Yeah, because that's what I call it. Here's the buttons. And he went, where were they? I went under the couch and I went, why are the cushions on the floor? And he went, because I just wanted you to, <laughs> I just wanted you to see what stage of the investigation I was at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's all got to be documented like the FBI. I was like, well, you can put them back now. We found the buttons. Case closed. Borrow. Yeah, because what you need to understand, what all women need to understand is that as men, we need women to... to you, you We need you to know that we've been doing something. We mm. can't just do a job and leave it. We've got to show evidence. <laughs> that we've got to show our working out. Yeah. You've got to understand that we're not just sat on our ass. Yeah. So this is what I'm living with. <laughs> Someone who takes the cushions off and leaves them there to show me that he took the cushions off. I, I'm living with that as well, but they're both six years old in my house. <laughs> 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 Kate, lovely chatting to you. I yeah. will see you next week. And thanks to, for, for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep tuning in, keep sharing. We appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Massive thanks to everyone who's been supporting it so far and uh, yeah. yeah, spreading the word, spreading the gospel. So we'll be back next week with another episode when we'll be covering tight asses. We might have to and you it. might be able to see our beautiful faces. Yeah, if you're lucky or unlucky, depending on how you view it. Or that. unlucky, yeah, yeah. as the case may be. But we'll use a filter, so we'll be laughing. <laughs> so nice one. Bye, see everyone. You next week. Bye. Bye. Fix the World Podcast with Sam and Katie. <laughs>